Welcome to episode 581 of the 1010 Thrive Podcast, brought to you by 1010 Thrive Ministries. I'm Peter Anderson. 1010 Thrive, 10 minutes a day based on 10 guidelines for abundant living. We continue this week with some devotionals related to the celebration in the United States of Black History. We would argue that this month is a necessary reminder that the citizens of the United States, from the very beginning and continuing until this very day, have not lived up to the professed vision of liberty and justice for all. Also, as Christians, it's a chance to celebrate the creative brilliance of the God who made from one man every nation of mankind, and the redemptive beauty of his Son, who with his own blood ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Lift Every Voice and Sing was written by a high school principal and first performed by 500 children in Jacksonville, Florida in 1900. Though unveiled as part of a community celebration in honor of Abraham Lincoln's birth, the song quickly spread outside the community of Jacksonville. Within a decade, black school children across the United States of America were singing the song, and in 1919, the recently formed National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, known as the NAACP, adopted Lift Every Voice and Sing as its official song. Today, the song is frequently described as the African-American or Black National Anthem. Isaiah 58 verse 1 Cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. James Weldon Johnson, writer and civil rights activist, who became a leader in the NAACP, was only 29 years old when he penned the words to this poem that would become the hymn that is cherished today. Lift every voice and sing, till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the skies, let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. In the song's first verse, Johnson urges his singers to sing a joyful song of hope and faith. African Americans should rejoice as a new day is dawning. In the second verse, though, this all positive tone is traded for a bitter reflection on American history. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered, out from the gloomy pass. Till now we stand at last, where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. While not mentioning slavery specifically, Johnson calls all to remember that stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod. Blacks may have been marching toward a new day, but the path has led through the blood of the slaughtered. And while there is hope for the future, now we stand at last where the white gleam of our star is cast. It is not yet time to relax. There is more work left to do, more battles to be fought. Therefore, he urges, let us march on till victory is won. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, 
thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path, we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee, our hearts drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee, shadowed beneath thy hand. May we forever stand, true to our God, true to our native land. The song is a demand for faith. It is also a clarion call for justice. It invokes the images of the past while at the same time acknowledging signs of progress. It suggests that people should be joyful and angry, grateful for the change that has already occurred, yet mindful that the struggle is not yet over, embracing of the country's bedrock values, and yet bearing witness to hypocrisy and promises unfulfilled. After 430 years in Egypt, God delivered the children of Israel, but the struggle was not over. The promised land was not yet theirs. They still had to struggle. They still had to make it through the wilderness. They ran out of food. They ran out of water. The climate was harsh. They were bitten by snakes. Family members turned against each other. They had to contend with giants. They were emancipated, but the fight was not over. They had to march on. They made it through the Red Sea, but it would take 40 years before they would cross the River Jordan. And even after the walls of Jericho fell, the fight continued. And besides the challenges they encountered in search of political freedom, the children of Israel struggled also with spiritual freedom. Time and again, God, through his prophets, had to call on them to forsake idolatry, to repent from apostasy, to turn away from their hypocrisy. And time and again, God called on his prophets to speak truth to power, to lift their voices to call out sin, to lift their voices to condemn oppression, to lift their voices to champion justice. For a little less than 250 years, black people were legally enslaved in the United States of America. There was an Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. There was a release of the last settlement of slaves in Galveston Bay, Texas on June 19th, 1865, remembered today as Juneteenth. The 13th Amendment to the Constitution abolishing slavery was ratified later that year. The 14th Amendment granting citizenship to formerly enslaved people and providing all citizens with equal protection under the laws was ratified in 1868. The 15th Amendment, conferring upon African-American men their right to vote, was ratified in 1870. And yet the struggle was not over. Victory was not yet won. In his famous I Have a Dream speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial on August 28, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today, signed the Emancipation Proclamation. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. Look at the prison population. Look at the people in homeless shelters, at soup kitchens, and in the unemployment line. Look at the composition of special education classrooms. Look at how black people are treated by the criminal justice system. Look at the income and wealth gaps. Consider disparities in health care. Segregation, discrimination, and oppression persist. We need to continue to lift up our voices against that which is wrong and continue doing so until victory is won. You may have accepted Jesus as your Savior at some point in the past, 
and you were justified, made right with God. But you're not yet perfect. You're going through a process of sanctification, a process through which you become more like Jesus, living as a new creation. And one day you will be glorified, fully made whole, living in God's presence. But you might still have to go through something to get to glory. You might still have a period of wandering through the wilderness. Hold on. Don't give up. Lift up your eyes to the hills from whence your help comes from. And lift up your voice in praise and worship to God. Yes, although God isn't finished with you yet, you too can still lift up your voice and sing. Father, thank you for the ways in which you have intervened in our lives, in the lives of your people in Israel, and in the lives of African Americans. While work still needs to be done, give us the courage to lift up our voices, to call for justice, and give us the humility to also lift up our voices to praise you. That's our episode. Remember that God calls you not only to live, but to thrive. Live life to the full today.